Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. Hope you're all very, very well on this Saturday evening. Warrior here with you until 7 p.m. And a very, very busy hour of sport coming away in the next 16 minutes. On the show tonight, we're talking to Cork City Chairman Declan Carey about the proposed sale of the club to Dublin businessman Dermot Usher. That goes to a vote tomorrow. We'll talk to Declan Carey about the reasons that he's advocating uh, for the sale and ask him why can Forrest not continue uh, in charge of the club. We'll have that chat coming up in just a little bit. Also on the show tonight, we are going to hear from Bally Gibbons, Mark Keane, ahead of their Munster Club Junior Hurling final against St. Cairns of Limerick tomorrow. We'll also hear from Bally Gunner after their win today in the Senior Hurling final against Ballier. That's all to come between now and 7 o'clock right here on the Big Red Bench. Delighted you could join us on the show. We are here until 7pm this evening. Rory here with you for the next hour. Uh, plenty to talk about, plenty to get through on the show tonight. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the proposed sale of Cork City to Dermot Usher tomorrow. That's going to a vote of uh, Forest fans at 3pm tomorrow. So will the club be sold? Will City be under new ownership uh, come this time tomorrow? We will find out. Uh, but let us know your thoughts. 86 Send us a WhatsApp or you can send us a text as well. Just going to wrap up uh, the day's sport first before we get into that interview with Jacqueline Carey. The Netherlands, the first team into the quarterfinals at the World Cup. Louis van Hal's side. Easing to a 3-1 victory against the USA. Memphis Depay, Daly Blind and Denzel Dumfries with the goals of the Dutch. Hadji Wright scoring for the USA. Later on, Australia aiming to pull off one of the biggest shocks in the history of the tournament. They take on Lionel Messi's Argentina. 7pm, the start time for that. We're going to hear from Australian manager Graham Arnold, who says they won't be just rolling over for the Argentines tonight. It's a battle. It's a war. And we've got to fight that. And... Uh Make sure that uh, the boys are in, uh, you know, great physical shape, great mental shape. They've got great energy, and uh, we go out there and give it all guns blazing. That one's kicking off tonight at seven p.m. England captain Harry Kane says he is fit and ready to go ahead of tomorrow's World Cup clash with Senegal. The striker suffering a foot injury in his side's opening game of the tournament, but he says his recovery has gone smoothly. My foot feels feels fine, no no, no problem at all. Obviously, had that knock in the in the first game, but. Yeah, it's been getting better and better day by day and yeah, in a place now where I almost don't feel it at all. Uh, sad news this evening as well. Reports suggesting that the legend that is Pele, he's been moved to end of life palliative care. Uh, it's been reported that the former Brazil playmaker's chemotherapy has been suspended. He's been receiving treatment for colon cancer in a hospital in Sao Paulo. He's the only footballer to have won three World Cups. On Thursday, he posted on Instagram saying he's in hospital with a picture of a billboard wishing him to get well soon. Rugby Connacht have picked up a bonus point win against Benetton in the United Rugby Championship 38-19. As held finished day, Caelan Blade, Dylan Tierney Martin, Finley Bellum, Niall Murray and Paul Boyle with the, go- uh, the goals, the tries for the Western Province at the sports ground. This meeting of the top two at the RDS today. Leaders Leinster taking on Ulster. Ireland, meanwhile, have claimed a silver medal in the men's competition at the Dubai Sevens. James Topping's had beaten 21-5 by South Africa in the final. The women's team finishing sixth after a 28-12 defeat to Fiji 
this afternoon. Gaelic Games, Ballygunner have retained their Munster Club at Senior Hurling title earlier on this afternoon. Ashley O'Reilly was watching it. It's full time here in Semple Stadium. It finished Ballygunner 123, Ballyhay 17 points. Ballygunner are the senior Munster champions for 2022. There were just three points between them at the break. The game changing moment came in the first half from Patrick Fitzgerald, who ran at the Ballyhay defence and hit it low and hard to the bottom right hand corner to get the only goal of the game. Ballyhay came out of the traps the fastest in the second half, getting the first two scores, bringing it back to a one-point game. Pork Mahoney got one back for Ballygunner to get his fifth of the day so far. Further points from Mahoney, Desi Hutchinson and Mikey Mahoney put the Waterford men five points clear with ten minutes to go. Ballyhay fought to the bitter end with their talisman Tony Kelly instrumental throughout, hitting 11 points. With many standout performances for Ballygunner, Pork Mahoney was incredible from place balls and from play, hitting 10 points. And in the end, Ballygunner just had too much for them, but a brilliant battle. It's the Waterford men who pick up their fourth Munster title as they now go on their quest to retain the All-Ireland title. It finished Ballygunner 123, Ballyhay 17 points. And we'll have some reaction from that game coming up a little bit later on the bench. Ireland will face the hosts of South Africa in tomorrow's final at the Nations Cup. Jeremy Duncan scored twice. Ben Walker also finding the net in a 3-0 win against Malaysia today. South Africa beating South Korea in a penalty shootout in the other semi-final. In basketball and two Cork sides in action today in the Pat Duffy Men's National Cup quarterfinals. This is Emporium Cork basketball into the semi finals. They've beaten Colester 74 62. Energy wise, Ireland Neptune taking on DBSN. It's at 6 30, the tip off time for that one. It'll be an all Cork semi final. Um, Emporium Cork basketball will face Neptune if uh, Neptune can win today. Tip off there is at 6.30 in the Paddy O'Connor Women's National Cup by 3PT Father Matthews losing out to DCU Mercy 92.67 was how that finished today in golf and uh, Shane Ari 6 over Paris third round at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas 11 shots behind the leader Victor Hovland and uh, big night tonight as well at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Tyson Fury putting his WBC's title on the line in a clash with Derek Chisora Later on this evening, uh, probably about 10 o'clock, he'll be in the ring there or thereabouts. Uh, he's saying complacency won't be an issue. And uh, he says some fighters can often be caught out by having their minds on potential future contests. Seen it time and time again. But for me, that will never happen because I train very hard and I respect every opponent that I've ever faced. And uh, Derek Chisora saying he's going to go to war tonight. Um, Chisora says he's got a lot of time for Fury, but he says that'll come for nothing when the first bell sounds tonight. I can guarantee you this. Friendship will be out the door. Me and this big man, we are going to get it on. Do you understand? I'm not going to try and hold back for anything. Yeah, looking forward to the uh, trilogy of fights uh, tonight. Fury uh, against Chisora. Uh, Fury winning by unanimous decision back in 2011. Uh, Fury uh, winning uh, in round 10 back in 2014 uh, when Chisora retired. Um, so it's um, going to be uh, the third fight tonight. And will Tyson Fury make it a hat-trick? We'll know later on this evening. Should be about 10 o'clock-ish there or thereabouts at uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Right, we're going to talk um, Cork City. Um, tomorrow's a huge day in the history of the club, no doubt about that. Um, the fans, the, the Forest members, the, the owners of the club at the moment, um, will vote on whether or not to sell the club to uh, Dublin businessman Dermot Usher. Um, we spoke to Dermot Usher on the show last weekend, a very wide-ranging 30-minute interview, and you can find that on our podcast. And what we'll do is, uh, well, I'm actually going to play a little bit of it um, 
in just a little bit and I asked him I suppose the two most important questions I suppose why does he want to take over the club first off and and secondly I suppose why should Cork City fans vote for his proposal um, to take over tomorrow that vote is happening at 3 o'clock tomorrow we'll have more on the bench tomorrow on that Um, so Cork City FC could be could be in new ownership um, this time tomorrow Um, so we are going to talk to uh, Declan Carey uh, the Forest Cork City chairman uh, about the proposed sale, why it's happening now, how we've gotten to this point, what happens if the vote um, isn't successful tomorrow, what happens if Cork City fans vote no, why can't Forest continue to run the club, um, why can't Cork City stay in fan ownership, ask Declan all that and uh, more, and uh, this is my chat uh, with Declan. Right, delighted to be joined on the line now by uh, Cork City FC Forest Chairperson Declan Caring. What is going to be, it looks, or what could be, his last interview as Cork City Chairman. Declan, how are you, sir? Hi, Rory. How's it going? Always a uh, pleasure to be on. Thanks very much for coming on. Um, Declan, it's been, um, I suppose, um, a whirlwind of the last two weeks since the announcement was made. Can you outline, I suppose, the timeline of how you got to the announcement being made two weeks ago that Dermot Usher was looking to buy the club and how did that process start? Yeah, I guess, uh, look, Rory, I think the, I won't go into it in too much detail, but I think a lot of it has been made about the, the situation with Grovemore, the call option agreement, and, you know, obviously the, the sad passing of uh, Mr. Trevor Hemmings and how his estate was being distributed around to, um, you know, the, the heirs of his, uh, of, of his entire um, estate. And it, it was a extremely challenging period for us. We were working with Grovemore as much as we could to try and get that um, call option action by them. And we, we wanted that to be the ultimate goal. And that was what was voted in by the members a couple of years ago. Um, look, sadly, they took the decision to, to step away. And we're extremely fortunate of the, you know, the funds that they did give Cork City FC at the start of 2020. And it was a very much an amicable situation. Um, and they advised us that, you know, if there was a, a potential party that was interested in taking over Cork City FC, that they would work with us uh, to make sure that that would happen and they wouldn't stand in the way of, of progress, which is what they've always said anyway. And to be fair, I think they've always upheld uh, their side of, uh, of that. And um, yeah, then uh, I guess, look, we, we decided then to open up the Forest membership. It was uh, something that members had been um, you know, asking us to do for quite some time. We thought we, you know, had somewhat closure on the Grovemore situation. Um, and then we opened up the Forest membership, got a, you know, a couple of dozen new members in, which was great. And um, it was around a similar timeline then that um, we received word that, um, you know, Dermot Usher was potentially interested in meeting uh, with the board. Um, he had connected with um, some some folks in the FAI and with our um, chief operating officer, Aina Buckley, as well. Um, and we've had things like that in the past as well, Rory. Uh, we've had, you know, not to devalue them or, you know, quote unquote tire kickers, I suppose, like when, you know, the whole Grovemore thing was hanging over us. And look, things things uh, moved very, very quickly. We From the first discussions we had with Dermot Usher, we knew that he, you know, was it was a different ball game really from some of the discussions we'd had with, with other parties. He had a firm business plan together very quickly. He was uh, very much interested in expediting the due diligence process. He had, you know, his own legal um, legal stakeholders on it very, very quickly and his own finance team. Um, and we were just very impressed with how uh, professional he was early on and how quickly he was willing to move this through. And, you know, there was a 
uh, obviously conscious of the licensing period with the FAI and, and trying to get this done before the start of the new season, potentially um, arming Colin Healy with a, a much improved budget than we would be able to offer under the Forest model. So we, we, we moved very, very quickly and the six of us, you know, got together and uh, made a call on it uh, based on the information that we had and, and the due diligence we had done. And, you know, here we are now, we, we ratified the, you know, the, the decision to push forward and Dermot Usher will now be, um, you know, presented to the members on Sunday to, um, to, to, to have it ratified by the membership and, and move on to the next steps then. We spoke to him on the show last weekend and he outlined his plans for the club and you can listen to that interview on the Big Red Bench podcast from last week. Um, why for you is Dermot Usher the right fit to, to come in and take over Cork City FC? I think, look, there's a couple of aspects to it, Rory. I, I think he has a genuine passion for the League of Ireland, um, something, you know, that resonates quite closely with all of us really on the board. You know, six of us are diehard Cork City FC supporters and, you know, would live and die for this football club and give everything that we could have. And, um, you know, we we shared stories with, with, with Dermot, first of all, on his experience with the League of Ireland, how he got into the League of Ireland, um, how he, you know, attends games with his with his family. He loves the atmosphere. You know, he was able to recall moments and memories from some some great League of Ireland games over the over the years and the last decade. And um, you know, then the, the business plan that he he proposed to us as well. It was prudent. It was in line with our own ethos of um, prudent, steady growth. And uh, you know, it, it was very much in line with our own ideologies of how we could see Cork City FC growing. Um, he had a number of ideas as well about how we could improve the marketing aspect, improve the commercial relationships that we have. And that's something we just can't do, Rory. Like, you know, we run things every year, like a golf classic, for example, but we run that as like a fundraising initiative, really, and try to try to increase our, our, our income or budget. Dormit, on the other hand, would be looking to run that as a goodwill gesture for sponsors and commercial partners and make it a kind of a, a bonding experience and a, a way for partners to meet and, and, and learn more about the club. And, you know, that's just the difference right there. Like everything we do under the forest model has to bring a return on investment. And, you know, we, we all have these ideas. We all have ideas to run, you know, these uh, like coffee mornings with big uh, businesses around Cork, but we have to invest in those and there might not be an immediate return on investment. And the way we budget and the way we are so prudent, it might not make sense to do those things at, at any given time, especially when cash flow is tight. But someone like Dormit who has the, the funds and has the, you know, the, the finances to, to facilitate these types of things that did, you know, excite us a bit. And we thought, you know, the, the club is um, a sleeping giant, really. I think there is just a, a platform for it to grow, but it does need investment. It does need finance. And thankfully, Dormit has demonstrated the evidence uh, to, to be able to contribute that to the, to the football club. And he does appear to be quite passionate about about uh, Cork City FC. He mentioned he, um, you know, had, uh, you know, his, his own memories of Cork City as well. And, it, it, you know, all types in with, uh, as I said, our own ethos and, and how it worked. And he had great knowledge as well of the forest model. And, um, and, and you know, he has uh, explained as well how he potentially looked to work with forest going forward as well into the future. And just look back slightly, Declan, you touched on it there in Grovemore and the, in the situation there. Obviously, um, without Grovemore, I mean, like the club would have been in dire financial straits. That's kind of well documented and they've been a massive help to the club. I suppose the one big hurdle was the, the, um, the, the option that they had. I mean, like, was all that smooth enough sailing in the end? Yeah, it was in the end once they had come to a decision. Look, obviously, Rory Grovemore, an absolutely enormous company, you know, 
Mr. Trevor Hemmings was a, a, a certified billionaire and I imagine, you know, distributing his estate and handling all of that would, was going to take time. Um, but look, once Grovemore had made a final decision on it, they couldn't have been more than helpful. Mm-hmm. Look, I think, Rory, it has to be said, I've said this in numerous interviews, Mr. Trevor Hemmings, he is, you know, an unsung hero of Cork City FC. I don't, look, obviously he's never been presented to the fans in Turner's Cross. He's never been in the limelight as such here in, in, in Cork uh, for his contributions to Cork City FC. But for me anyway, I'll always be grateful to the, the Hemmings family, us and, you know, the entire board and all Cork City fans should, you know, remember remember Mr. Hemmings, um, you know, for the, the extremely generous contribution he made to, mm-hmm. you know, get us through that 2020 season and propel us as well for the coming years into getting ultimately promoted back to the, the Premier Division as well. Um, so, yeah, they have a lot to, mm-hmm. a lot to be um, proud of themselves, the Hemmings family, and we're enormously grateful for their contribution. People say Declan Ham Force has been successful. They delivered a double in 2017 and, and plenty of success. Got the club back to the Premier Division. Um, the big question I suppose people have is why can't the club, I suppose, continue under Forrest? Yeah, I, 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 I look back on those moments as a supporter already from you know 2017 when we did do the double and got the cup finals. But ultimately, I think they were built on you know fragile foundations, uh, as as we could see, like you know was. It was such a a huge drop from going from being in the top two down to the bottom three in the table, probably within like the space of twelve months, and you know it was extremely difficult for a forest to keep, you know the the finances going, and you know it was heavily reliant on crowds coming into Turner's Cross and the the commercial agreements that we had at those times, and it's an extremely difficult one to maintain, and I, I think. Myself, the rest of the lads on the board, Connor Hallahan, especially who's like spends all day and night just looking at the numbers. Like we we, we can't get back to that situation where we're in the top two in in, in Ireland, especially with the way the the league is at the moment, with such you know uh, the the increased number of so-called private investors. I, I guess the way to summarise them over fan ownership, it's going to be extremely difficult for us to climb into that top half of the table. The numbers just don't add up and. I would worry that we would become a, a yo-yo club, as as they're called, you know, um, clubs that, that just constantly get promoted, relegated, promoted, relegated, and Cork Cork deserves deserves better. To be honest, I, I me as a as a supporter of Cork City FC, I, I don't I don't want to be a supporter of a club that's constantly down in the first division and back up again. And I think we got great goodwill from the Cork public uh, over the last two years. They could see what Colin was doing, mm-hmm. you know. The, growing the the younger players of of the club as well. They've you know they started off in 2021 their first steps in senior football and then they became league champions in the first division uh, 18 months later. So you know it's a it's a great story. But I just I just don't think to be honest the Cork public would have the patience for that again. I think you know we we got the goodwill from the Cork public and I I just couldn't see it happening if we were up down up down up down like some clubs in in the league seem to be happy enough to do but I don't think the Cork public would uh, would appreciate that such as the sporting tradition of the city and county The other side of that kind Declan is that Cork City fans have been um, very proud of owning their football club and owning the history that they've had over the last couple of years and it's going to be hard for fans not to I suppose say I now own a football club and also people remember what happened the last time the club was in private ownership and what happened there I mean like you have to be aware of the I suppose the scepticism that Cork City fans are going to have do have about an outsider coming in looking to take over the football club and making big promises 
Yeah, I, I, Rory, I, I, I'm Forest member number 29. I was there back in 2008 when Forest was set up by, you know, the, the late great Pat Shine. Mm-hmm. And I remember why it was set up first day. It was to be a guardian and, um, you know, support uh, senior football in Cork. And it, it became owners of Cork City FC, you know, through unfortunate circumstances. Um, you know, I, I don't I want to speak about the the owners around that time, um, but look, we, we it's it's all been widely reported anyway in the past. But you know, I, I'd like to think back of uh, you know uh, owners such as Brian Lennox, and you know that I I think Dermot Usher has the potential to be such as the due diligence we have done anyway at least, and we've done our best and done our homework on. On, on Dermot uh, that's to be blunt about it we have to do that it, it, the responsibility is on us to do this and we ratified it and you know members uh, did their own homework on him as well and you know he he doesn't have any grey clouds or dark clouds hanging over him like he's an honourable businessman hugely successful you know he's looking now for a, a project a project that he's he's passionate about and I think that's something that's uh, quite admirable and he's interested in as well in you know working with Forrest and being accountable to Forrest as well and having four meetings a year with the the Forrest board of management and meeting with the members who can you know hold him accountable as well for how he's managing the club and a strong Forrest as well can still hold a private owner accountable like we saw that back in 2009 um you know when supporters were outside the ground and you know uh um protesting and such like i remember those days as well i was in in those crowds uh, back then and um you know I, I, a strong forest is uh, is is valuable to cork city fc and um it will be a, a culture shift for sure for the current membership as you said um forest won't be the direct owners of cork city fc but they will be the the guardians absolutely and it's up to the membership now to really shape that going forward uh, in the coming years uh, with dormit being the um, you know, hopefully the, the next custodian. Yeah, so what is the future for Forrest, Declan? And after, I suppose, if the, the vote goes through on Sunday, do you expect, a, I suppose, a significant drop-off in, in, in members paying into Forrest? I would certainly hope not, Rory, like we do have, uh, you know, it's it's upwards of, you know, 560 shareholders at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think there'll be a natural drop-off. I think a lot of those members would have joined um over the last decade when, you know, Forrest was owner, owners of Cork City FC and proud to say, like, we, we own our football club. Um, but I think Forrest will always have a core group there that are passionate about Forrest and its, uh, its, its original ideologies and its original goals. And I'd be pretty confident that we can maintain uh, a strong membership um, over the coming years. And what's the future then? I mean, like, how do you envision Forrest working with, with, with Dermot Usher? Will there be a place on the board for Forrest, for example? Yeah, he said that he doesn't want that, which I think we respect. He's given his reasons for it, and I think those reasons do make sense. He'll he'll explain that in more detail on Sunday to the membership as well. Um, uh, but yeah, D- Dermot has committed to meeting with the Forest Board um, four meetings a year. I expect they'll happen every quarter. Um, and then he's agreed as well to have like a town hall meeting as well with uh, the you know the Forest Board and Forest members at like a general meeting or an AGM um, where they can ask him direct questions, and he'll be as open and honest as. As he possibly can be, so I think that's a that's a great step forward. It's not something that we've, uh, you know, have to be as you said, Rory, be, become used to. Where we, we, as the board, are the ones that are used to being questioned at AGMs, and we have to give uh, you know exact information about accounts and finances. So it'll be a shift from that, absolutely. But I think um, you know over the coming uh, months and years, pending uh, p- pending. You know the the vote tomorrow, and if Dermot is successful uh, in in taking over the club, we'll 
you know, we'll see how, how that works and how that evolves, but I'd be very confident that it will, you know, be an amicable relationship. However, mm. it's an important one for Forrest to hold Dermot accountable as well um, for how he's uh, looking after the club. Yeah, and he's spoken, Declan, that when the time comes for him to sell up, that if he can't find a buyer, then he'll return the club to Forrest um, debt-free. Yeah. Um, is it a case, though, that over the next few years, the Forrest and the members have to get ready for the potential of having to buy the club back from Dermot yeah. and being ready for that moment? I th- look, I think that would be a smart approach, Rory. Look, I've got one year left uh, in my my tenure as as chairman of Forest and um, look, potentially on Sunday, my, my tenure as chairman of Cork City FC may, may come to an end. But like, I think, look, that's up to the next board, I think, to really kind of shape that strategy. But look, Dormit has said he has a five-year business plan. I don't necessarily mean that. He, that means he's going to step away after five years. Look, I think, um, to be honest, Rory, we've all seen how volatile it can be in the League of Ireland. And, um, you know, it, 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 things have to change. Like you saw yourself, like a fan run club like ourselves were double winners in 2017 and found ourselves relegated a few years later. Such was the nature of the league changing um, as one of the factors. COVID, you know, it, I think he would be foolish to think anything longer than five years ahead in terms of his financial plans, but I'm sure he will learn quickly and and, and adjust and adapt. Um, but yeah, I think it would be prudent for Forrest to, you know, take stock of um, how it can build funds um, in the background and, and potentially support into the future. I think as guardians of the club, that would be a wise move, uh, at least from my perspective. Um, but I don't see it being, a, you know, like a ticking clock uh, waiting for Dermot to walk away. I think he said he's in this for the, the long haul. And um, I think that was one of the deal breakers for us, really, Rory, as well as that he was willing to offer Forrest back. Uh, or sorry, offer the club back to Forrest um, debt-free if uh, he wasn't able to find uh, a successor. So I think that was a uh, you know a real um, a real bonus and, uh, and and something that I hope will help seal the the vote on Sunday. Um, the big question, Declan, is what happens if the fans vote no uh, on Sunday? I asked Dermot Usher this in our interview last week, and he said for him not much. It'll cost him some money. He said six figures, but um, yep. he'll be able to walk away from it. What happens if the fans vote no um, to this, which is a possibility? Yep. It absolutely is, Rory. Like this is a democracy at the end of the day, and it's uh, it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And um, it's it's a tough one to predict. Like we all speak to members, and we. You know, we, we engage with them online, offline, and, and try and get a sense of how things are going, but you just don't know. It's uh, it, It'll all be done by a ballot on, on Sunday. Um, if it doesn't happen, I guess the first thing anyway is that the, the Grovemore call option will remain. Um, that will still be there and something that we'll have to navigate through if someone else wants to potentially come, come and take over the club. Um, and ultimately as well, look, we have given Colin Healy a budget under the Forest model. It's Look, to be honest, Roy, it's what I'd probably call maybe a bottom three, bottom four budget. Um, it's a survival budget based on promotion from the first division. We're just not in a position to give him any more. We've squeezed and tried to, uh, you know, pull resources from different areas around the club and increase income, reduce expenditure to try and give him as competitive a budget as possible. I, th- I think, you know, Colin, with the way he's able to get, you know, that extra bit out of the players like he did in the first division, um, you know, we we w- we should be able to survive, but it will be extremely difficult and uh, and challenging, and that is that is the risk ultimately. Look, we're 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 back under the fan run model. Um, there's also four board members of the current six as well looking to step away in the new year. Some of them are most of them are finished their terms. So look, it's we'll have sweeping changes on the board. It'll be quite a challenging season back in the Premier Division with the budget that we have. Um, but look, we'll we'll deal with it, Rory. Look, I. 
um, you know, will give everything I, I possibly have to the club like I've done the last couple of years. And I, I'll, myself and Gar, who will remain and whoever the new board members are, uh, you know, if, if, if the no vote is, is what passes, we'll, we'll do our absolute best to keep the club as strong as possible. Look, we have signed great commercial agreements as well. Zeus Packaging now coming on board as our new front of short sponsor. We're, we're still working away like, you know, Dormer Usher had nothing to do with that. We've got other commercial agreements that we're working on. Um, you know, we've got jersey launches. We launched our new away kit just last week and we've got our new home kit coming in January. We're planning all of that as well. So we're still planning and, you know, we're, we have to assume a worst case scenario. That's what we've done as a board for the last five years. It has to be worst case scenario with the fan run model because, you know, unfortunately there's... Uh, there's, there's nothing else uh, uh, that, that we can do in terms of planning we have to be prudent and safe and safeguard uh, the football club Is that an issue as well Declan um, for us that you mentioned like four board members are stepping away is there I suppose a lack of people I suppose um, I, I, that are have identified themselves as wanting to go on the board and putting their hands up and like will filling those places be an issue? I think it will Roy to be honest I think uh, you know just there's been Look, I count them in one or two fingers who have approached us and said they'd be potentially interested. Like we've, over the last couple of years, like last year, we had to co-opt two of the current board back on. They had finished their terms, but we, you know, we practically begged them to stay on and maintain the, the solid six that we had. Otherwise, we were going to be down to four and there was literally no one who came forward last year at the last AGM. So, it, you know, the, the numbers don't lie. I guess like it's an extremely pressurized situation. I wouldn't blame anyone for not running, to be honest. Um, I wish more people would and more people would come to us and try and learn more about being a board member. But look, it is a it is a challenging role, especially when you own the football club. You're responsible for employees, employee welfare. You're responsible for the overall football club and making sure that it's successful. You are directors of a limited company at the end of the day as well. So it comes with significant level of responsibility and accountability. And it's, it's, a, it's a difficult role, but I, I think it can be an enjoyable one as well we had a great season in in 2022 um you know lifting a trophy at the end of it, it not all seasons are like this i think it was probably my best best year out of the the five so far but you know it is uh it is a challenging a challenging aspect of it and, and trying to get the the right member board members to come in who have the expertise of running a, a multi-million turnover company it, it's it's not easy I can't imagine it is. Um, Dermot Usher was on with us. Obviously, he spoke to the examiner. He spoke to the lads near the Three Amigos podcast. Um, he's really put his point of view across over the last few weeks and uh, outlined his reasons why he wants to take over. You and the board are obviously advocating for the sale. Um, what's your message to supporters and why should they um, vote yes uh, to this um, on Sunday? Yeah, I think, Rory, from our perspective, we've... I think nailed our, our, our flag to the mast here. Like we just don't see Cork City FC growing to the levels that are required to compete with the best teams in this country without significant investment. Dermot Usher has come to us and given us a firm business plan that will see us competing with those teams as soon as next season. And, you know, we think with the current staff that are there and, the, you know, the, the support that Dermot can give them through additional resources and supports, um, you know, we think that that they can flourish even further. And, you know, I think, as I said, Cork City FC deserves a thriving football club um, that, that are competing at the top. It, you know, it was the absolute honour of my life being chairman of Cork City FC, something I'll hold there for the rest of my life and something I'll tell my grandkids about. But ultimately, you know, I hope that I do hand over the reins to Dermot Usher after Sunday and, um, 
you know, I, I, I hope that the, the members feel the same way that, you know, they, they see this as the, as the path forward for Cork City FC and, and getting the investment needed to propel the club to the next level and bring improvements all across the board, whether that be, as I said, off the pitch, Turner's Cross, uh, strengthening the first team, strengthening our academy, demanding higher fees for our academy players, strengthening the women's side of the club, um, and, uh, and and bringing that forward and bringing it to the next level. I think they all need investment, and ultimately, I, uh, we we do feel that Dormit is the man to to bring that bring that to Cork City FC. All right, Declan, promises to be a very interesting uh, meeting tomorrow when the special general meeting takes place. Uh, thank you for your time today, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you, Rory. Always a pleasure. Yeah, it's Declan Carey there, uh, Cork City Chairman. Uh, speaking ahead of the vote tomorrow um, of Forest members on whether or not um, the club should be sold to businessman Gemma Dusher. Um, if you missed that, it's going to be on our podcast a little bit later if you missed any of it. Um, the interview with Dermot Usher is on our podcast from last week, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play a couple of questions that I asked him. Uh, from that, we're going to do that next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Right, just more on the uh, post uh, takeover of Cork City. Uh, the two big questions, I suppose, of Dermot Usher is why and why should people vote for him? And I asked him both those questions in our chat last week. Dermot, the big question on everyone's lips is why? Why do you want to take over Cork City Football Club? I think for myself, I, I've had a passion for League of Ireland football for for years at this stage, um, and that came from came about from my probably relationship that I have with my two boys. Um, it was something that we that we've done together for the last probably fourteen odd years. Um, I have been quite lucky in in, in business and done okay for myself um, and in the last number of years I got well a number of years ago I got involved in sponsorship with Bray Wanderers and I suppose I found, found a, a probably a, the, the passion probably for League of Ireland increased I felt involved um, it, it was it was just very 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 enjoyable I found but I also realised I also look, looked at it and said well maybe this could be done hopefully a little bit better um, and over the course of the last number of years I've I've, I've looked, I've spoken to people. I initially went and just had different conversations with people um, who were involved in League of Ireland and said, just just talk to me, talk to me about League of Ireland, talk to me about clubs, running a club, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I think what I probably bring to the table is not on the football side. I think mm-hmm. the football people will, will run the football side. I suppose it's probably on the, the more the, the, the business end of it um, and the economics of, of the football itself. Um, and I suppose for Cork, Cork is the only club, and I've looked, I've, when I say I've looked, I've had conversations, which for me would probably be a normal thing that I'm doing in business. Um, and I've had those conversations with a number of different clubs just to sit down and have a coffee and where he is at and just talk to me. And, you know, people are obviously looking for various investments. Uh, there's, you know, there's even there's a number of clubs at the moment currently looking for, for investment. And, you know, other clubs that I looked at, I was interested in maybe going in um, as a as a with, with a number of investors. Okay, you know, having four or five people going in and, and sharing the load uh, from a risk point of view. Cork is the only club I have looked at where I've said I'll do this on my own because the numbers for me certainly stack up. I think as regards. Uh, you know, the, the, without being disrespecting Cove Ramblers, the one club, one county, um, 
on the on the marketing side definitely works. I think the customer, the when I say the customer, the fan base is absolutely there. That's been proven by the success for in the League of Ireland this year. Like Cork have had, you know, the third biggest attendance uh, in League of Ireland this year and playing in the first division, which that that, that actually just screams out that Cork people, you know, Cork City fans are looking to support the team. Cork, even you know, last week a couple of weeks ago with the monster match against South Africa, you know, you could see the attendance is an absolute sellout on a, on, a, on a horrible Thursday night. So there's no, there's no question for me that you know the Cork City fans want to support the club. I'd like to try and get in and support the club as well. Um, and I think from a marketing point of view, it's very it's very clear in my head the direction the club needs to go in. It's clear from a marketing point of view um, what's what's required. It's um, you, you know just just a huge fan base there as well. And you know League of Ireland clubs probably require two or three different financial pieces to work for the club to work and you know the two major ones are you know the attendance numbers is a massive one uh, and then the commercial revenue is a massive one and those two numbers both add up for Cork City and I feel I can come in on the commercial side and maybe help drive that and support the existing uh, people in place Paul DC, Ada Buckley you know to support them and and just look at things and I think coming at it from a, an outside in, inward look I think it's probably a good place for Cork, you know, Cork City uh, at the moment, just to have a different viewpoint on maybe how things have been. So that's David O'Shea on why he wants to take over Cork City FC. Fans will vote on that tomorrow. Um, this is David O'Shea on why fans should vote in favour of, of him and his proposal to buy the club tomorrow. To wrap things up nicely in a little bow, why should Cork City fans vote for your takeover on December 4th? I think... I know, I understand the nervousness around here comes somebody along again and all the and all the rest of it. Okay, I think it's been noted in the media and you know in different forums that I have spoken to another and you know I've had conversations with other clubs and all the rest of it. That's allowed me to understand fully the League of Ireland and what works, maybe what doesn't work. Um, I'm coming into this with my eyes open um, and coming into this with the understanding I'm not going to make any money I'm going to probably lose some money at this but I'm coming into it with a passion for League of Ireland with a willingness to get on board and get my hands dirty um, just this is something that we can work together um, I think the club to get to the next level with a view who knows as regards Europe maybe on the horizon in, in a few years you know that would be my ambition that we can get get the club to that place um, you know I'd like to see I want people I love it, if people are coming on to the vote at the end of the day when I go home that night I'm going to have a cup of tea I'm going to watch TV and I'm going to brush my teeth and get into bed the same as everybody else okay I'm no different I've come from a, a, an environment growing up where I wouldn't have had much I've done well for myself. I think on the strategy side and on the business side is what I'm going to bring to the bring to the table. Um, and then there's football people being brought in to run the football club. That's that's the way this is works. Uh, this is going to work. Um, so I've got two ears and one mouth. Two ears means me. I need to listen, um, and I want to listen to the fans um, who support Cork City um, because at the end of the day, they're the backbone of the club. Simple as that, um, and I know that. So that's Dermot Usher there on uh, tomorrow's takeover. Vote happening around three o'clock. Tomorrow we'll have more 
on tomorrow's show. 50% plus one is what's required for the vote uh, to be successful tomorrow. And it remains to be seen if Cork City fans will vote, um, Forest members will vote uh, to sell the club to Dermot Usher. All right, we're going to talk Gaelic games now and uh, Bally Giblin in action in the Munster Club Junior Hurling final against St. Kieran's of Limerick tomorrow. It's, a, it's in Mallow. It's at one o'clock. We'll have reaction on tomorrow evening's show. But uh, Bally Giblin and, of course, Cork hurler Mark Keane um, was in conversation with Aidan ahead of tomorrow's game. Mark Keane joins me on the line ahead of Bally Giblin's Munster Junior Club Hurling Championship final. Mark, uh, thanks a million for taking the call, first of all. No, thanks a million for having me. Um, I suppose back in the Munster final, uh, a chance to retain the title from last year, which is uh, a rare feat for for any team in this competition. What's the build-up been like over the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I suppose we've been lucky enough to, that we got the chance to move back into the representing Cork in the Munster Championship again. Um, that hasn't happened before, so we're lucky enough in that sense. But um, no, the buzz has been very good. Uh, it's a, it's a new for a lot of fellas as well because we've had about four or five starters that we didn't have last year, so. It's not like it's a routine going through the same thing. It's all new to a lot of people again. So I'm celebrating the last two wins with them as well in the Munster Championship was unreal as well. Absolutely. Um, you were always in control in that semi-final against Colligan. Um, you yourself, you, you, you asserted your dominance early on from centre-back. The, the ball was like a magnet to you. Uh, no, I feel like I'm playing my best, uh, best hurling in the back. So I've been up in the forwards uh, for most of my career, but I moved down back then last year. I was in the back when I was in uh, playing for the CBS in Mitchelltown Secondary School, so I knew what uh, uh, I, I, I like playing the backline way, way more. So I was happy out with that, and uh, it was just com- coming from the pressure from my forwards made my job a lot easier. Yeah, Joseph O'Sullivan, he was on fire, wasn't he? Uh, the the long range freeze he put over, and and a few from play as well from distance. Yeah, we're lucky enough that we have two exceptional free takers in Joseph and Dara. Um, we leave the two in battle out for the free taking but um, for the moment yeah, Joe's taking our freeze and um, he's not doing too bad in them Yeah Darf Lynn there got, got a goal as well didn't he in the first half um, for you uh, personally I suppose it's worked out pretty well for you you know two campaigns in a row now in provincial action and obviously into the All-Ireland Championship as well last year but it's uh, it, it's it's been great for you you've been able to, to make up for any last time without a hurley in your hand over the last couple of years yeah, no, like before before last season, I hadn't played hurling in four years, so it was uh, I was happy to come back into it and um, not, not not being a bad run so far. But like we get getting to another final at my club, uh, going back into playing for Cork as well, which was something I've always dreamt of doing, and moving back into another Munster championship with my club again, moving forward into hopefully uh, we've bigger days ahead. I suppose pre-season's just getting underway in the inter-county action. Um, you're, you're formally in the hurling camp again? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm back in there now again this year. So uh, hopefully I um, get to expand on my start last year. And it was last year as a big learning curve for me. So hopefully this year I have a bigger um, bigger say. Yeah, new setup as well. Pat Ryan, have you have you worked with him before? No, I've never never been worked on the Pat Ryan. Um, I played under 14, 15, 16 now, right, but... Um, Never had him. I didn't chose football then from under minor and under twenty. Yeah, so uh, a new uh, a new venture. So um, St. Kieran's Sunday. Uh, look, you'll, you'll go into the game as favourites. Is that something that bothers you at all? No. Um, look, we've been favourites for the last two games as well. Um, we, we're a really humble group and stuff like that. So we uh, we train really hard and we we, res- we we respect every opposition 
as if they're going to give it their best. So and um, we, and we know St. Kieran's a really good outfit. We watched their, their game from the last time. We know how good they are. So we'll uh, we'll respect them as much as they will. Yeah, at the end of the day, I suppose it, it's a Limerick hurling team, and they've been doing all right, lady. Exactly, exactly. And you have Limerick team in both or in the other two finals as well in the intermediate and uh, or just just the intermediate. So look, the two Limerick teams, and they're not going to be bad when they come out being Limerick County champions. Just before I let you go away, I suppose uh, I think Shane Beston was about the only worry after the game against Colligan. He went down, um, and I think uh, Ronan Dwan said that it, it wasn't anything too much to worry about. Is he all right? And is there any other injuries? Do you know? Of? Uh, no, not that I know. I know Shane's getting married tomorrow, so we'll be probably be without him. All right. Other than that, other than that, we'll um, we'll have a full strength panel. Oh, absolutely! It's a, it's, a, it's a shame, so. But uh, I suppose uh, yeah. hopefully it'll be a, hopefully it'll be a good weekend. You, you can uh, you can go and uh, maybe join the celebrations afterward with, with a bit of silverware. Exactly. Ho- hopefully, have a bit of silverware and be able to celebrate uh, Shane's marriage as well. Absolutely, Mark. The very best of luck from everyone here in Red FM, and uh, thanks a million for joining us on the Bigger Bench. Cheers, thanks a million. Yeah, always great to hear from Marquine there. That was him in conversation with Aidan ahead of uh, tomorrow's game against St. Cairns of Limerick. One o'clock, the start time for that one. And uh, we'll have reaction coming up on tomorrow evening's show. Uh, just to wrap up our show this evening, going to go to the senior final uh, where Bally going to retain their Munster Club Senior Hurling Championship title as they beat Bally A today. Uh, 123 to 17 points was how that finished. We are going to hear from their manager, Daryl O'Sullivan, speaking to Ashton O'Reilly. I'm thrilled, you know what I mean? It was a high-pressure environment coming up here today, you know what I mean? We're hot favourites and we had to get a performance, and we did, and I'm proud of the lads, you know, it's really, you know, great day for the club again. A really high-intensity game out there. What did you expect from Ballyhay coming here today? Exactly what we got. We expected that high intensity, you know, and a savage work rate and very physical, you know. And look, we had to meet meet that, and we did, you know what I mean? But it took us a long time to really wear them down, you know. Only the last quarter we got on top, you know. They're a phenomenal team, and they'll be, no doubt, they're going to grace days like this again. Like, they'll be back at Muscle Finals again very, very soon, I expect. Yeah, phenomenal team. And last year when you played them, it was 17 points in it. It wasn't a reflection on the team that's out there today, that's for sure. And I suppose Tony Kelly, um, what a hurler. And you had to, I suppose, in a way, mark him well in order to be able to get on top. So you, you had a plan in place. Actually, we did, yeah. It might have worked as well as I would have hoped. But certainly in the second half, we might have got on top of him a little bit. But listen, you know... He's a phenomenal hurler, one of the best hurlers I've ever seen. That's really how good he is. And you know, you're coming in here and you say Tony Kelly gets one ten. When was he scored? I don't know how many they get ten, 10 points. You know what I mean? So you get another goal with that, and you're saying Jesus. You know what I mean? And that's that's how good this guy is. But no one player marks Tony Kelly like it's about you know everybody hunting him down when he has it. And we done that better in the second half. I'd say we did in the first half. You know. And it's a full squad effort within this Ballygunner team to be able to get over the line time and time again. We've seen it in the All-Ireland Final last year. It's no different in all the games now that everybody coming on is making an impact. Yeah, and it's all about the team. You know, there's no individuals and there's no egos in that dressing room and that's a huge part of what we are and that's that's what it is and everyone understands that they'll do everything they can. Some lads didn't get on today. Some lads, you know, carried water. Some other lads, you know, like, it's all about the team. It's about doing everything you can to be, you know, to get us to where we are, are. and that's, you know, in a phenomenal situation at the moment. Really good team at a, you know, great club and, you know, back-to-back monster titles. It's, it's, it's great. Unbelievable, and to be a part of this team, to be managing this team, nine in a row, Waterford champions, fourth Munster title, hoping to retain in All Ireland. You know, it's just stuff of dreams. And I'm a very, very lucky person. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> How would you describe the lads as a group? 
Oh, brilliant guys, easy, you know. I had no difficult conversation with any of those guys this year. That's been straight up about it. And, you know, we make our phone calls and some lads are not selected. But at, no, at one time did anyone think of themselves, like it was about right there, that's grand. But what, what can I do for the team on Sunday? And that's, that's the way it is. And that's a fabulous culture that's created there. And, you know, as long as we can keep it that way, we'll be around for a while yet. And you're going to meet the, the Leinster champions we'll see tomorrow. Will you be going in to see Ballyhale and Kilmacud? I'll see if I can get someone to drive me. If I can, I'll probably might, might pay a visit to Croker. All right, but as you will see, we'll enjoy tonight's first. We'll see how we are in the morning. Yeah, the, the celebrations might get in the way a little bit. And Porrick Mahoney, just speak about him as well. He was incredible from place balls and from play today. Special guy. You know, really, really special guy. But we've a lot of them in that dressing room. You know, special place. Have you ever been a part of such a talented team? No, absolutely not. No, for sure. Look, you know, club is everything to me. That's what those guys. They mean their life to me. You know, you know, they mean everything to me. Those guys, and you know, we're very, very privileged to be working with them. And you'll hope now to go on and retain the All Ireland. Yeah, we'll leave it a semi-final first now in two weeks' time. We'll see how that goes. We're very good at folks in the next match, and that's what we'll do. We'll come down from this high, we'll enjoy it, we'll treasure the memories, but we'll come back down and we'll focus on the next match and try and be at the really, really best we can be for that day. And wherever that brings us, it brings us. Yeah, it's Bally Gunner boss uh, Daryl Sullivan there speaking after their win over Bally A. Just very briefly going to hear from uh, Bally A boss um, Robbie Hogan speaking to Ashton Gazan. Robbie, commiserations out there today, but what a game of hurling. It was edgier seat stuff, a real battle. Yeah, look, it was a proper game of hurling. But, uh, I suppose the game, you know, was, was a reflection on the occasion. Like So, um, yeah, look, if we disappointed, got it. Uh, we didn't come here to make up the numbers. We came here to, to put in a performance and to win, but... Um, Look at Belly Gunner, they're, uh, they're a force of nature now, really, in Munster, and uh, just one of those days. Yeah, you definitely didn't come here to, to put in the numbers, that's for sure. And what was, I suppose, the message throughout the week when maybe pe- people were saying things like that, that you mightn't have a chance against this Belly Gunner team, and by God, you, you've proved them wrong today? Yeah, look, at we were wrote off, you know, and, and it was probably a great way to come into a game, but, um, you know, we, we tried hard. We kept going for as long and as hard as we could, but, um, you know, they're, they're real quality team and um, you know they're all Ireland champions that's what they are like and, and um, it'll take a good team to stop them and going in at half time you were three points down still absolutely within the game what was the message to the players then oh, it was the next the next couple of scores and you know we came out and we nailed, nailed two points and uh, and they can just hit you on the counter attack then you know so um, the message at half time we were very calm you know compared to the reverse of last year you know where they were well ahead of us so um yeah, we just we just tried our best, and when you come up against a better team, you just you just tip your hat to them and, and wish them well. Now, yeah, it is a massive difference from last year. Seventeen points, I think it was in the end. And I suppose Tony Kelly, you know, he, he is a massive difference there. You could see him in midfield; he was orchestrating things, but he was targeted too. He was really targeted throughout the game. Did you think that from the sideline? Yeah, like there was there was you know we were never let build our play. You know we were just pulled down. Um, and look at that's the game you know there are the rules but it is frustrating to watch it you know that, that you just can't get a, a bit of momentum and a bit of forward um, play but um, Lucas what can we do you know you just you just roll with it like. and as a team um, I suppose what's the, what's the hopes now you'll build for next year after look at we 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 won the county last year. We won it back to back, and um, you know it's it's a it's a hard feat to do in, in Clare of all counties. But uh, look, we'll just reassess now. Um, Christmas is nearly on us now, so um, we'll just take a few weeks and we'll, we'll see what, what happens after that. And it's a massively competitive competition. Ballygunner, do you think they have a chance to go on and retain the title? Oh, sort of every chance, you know. I think they've um, the winners of Leinster next. So um, look at they'll regroup. Um, it'll take a good team to beat them. But there are good teams left in it, you know. So um, 
Yeah, they're, they're, they're just a force of nature, really, within Munster, as I said earlier. And um, look what you just have to, we just have to tip our hat and wish them well now and the rest of it. Play Great Bench on Cork FM. That is it from us for this Saturday evening. Thank you very much indeed for tuning our way. We're back tomorrow. Aidan's in the hot seat tomorrow. Uh, he'll have reaction from Barry Giblin's game and reaction from the vote tomorrow. Cork City fans voting whether or not to sell the club or sell the club to Dimon Usher. So that'll be on tomorrow's show. If you missed any part of tonight's show, you can listen back to it on our podcast, which will be online very, very shortly. RedFM.ie for that or just search for Big Red Bench in your podcast provider. Stevie's up next, folks. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday night. Talk to you soon. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.